TheWellnessCouch.com, streaming wellness into your lives. Pull up a rock by the campfire. It's time for that paleo show with your hosts, Sarah Stewart, Steve Hayter, and the man with no shoes, Brett Hill. that paleo show making the paleo lifestyle easy and accessible for everyone i'm sarah stewart i'm steve hayter and i'm brett hill what makes a great success story for me the number one requirement is that it must be relatable i need to know that the story inspiring me is real and possible in my own life when this happens i get excited and naturally good things happen Today's guest has a great story that she has taken and used to write a book specifically targeted at teen girls. But if you're not a teen girl, stay with us because the information she is going to share today applies to all of us. Leslie blasts through common diet nonsense and sets the record straight with great matter-of-fact advice on how to be your absolute best without struggling for it. Sounds pretty good, right? So we are extremely happy to welcome to the show today author of Paleo Girl, Leslie Klinky. Yay! <laughs> Woo! Woo! <laughs> Hi, guys. <laughs> welcome on board, Leslie. We're really excited to, to have a chat to you today, today and learn more. And um, we've already been having a, a good look at your amazing book. And quite early on, you plead with your audience to learn from your mistakes. And, yes. um yeah, I'm wondering if you could maybe start today by telling us about your own story and maybe some of those mistakes and, and what inspired you to write Paleo Girl. Sure, absolutely. And um, like you said, this story is in Paleo Girl, and I also just had my success story on uh, Mark's Daily Apple this past Friday. So my story is really out there for everyone to know and to learn wow. from. So my story, it begins more in high school, I would say, is where it initially started, And I've just been a yo-yo dieter, really from the age of 15 up until 30. I have just yo-yo dieted all over the place. It's been crazy. Um, And so really, and I I recently discovered this fact about me uh, when I was writing my success story of where it actually started. And I think it's really smart if you really try to dig into your past and uncover where these things come from, because then they're easier to face. And I realized uh, when I was in high school, because I was skinny when I was in high school, I didn't need to lose weight or, you know, I should have been eating healthy just for my health. But, you know, I was in pretty good shape. And yet there I was starving myself and popping diet pills and working out. And really what I discovered was it all came from the boyfriend that I had in high school. I just was really kind of following along with what he was doing. And it had never dawned on me until I really dug in deep and and try to figure this out. And that's what I realized was he was the original yo-yo dieter and that's where it all came from. Um, But I just, I yo-yoed for years. Uh, I did the whole 1200 calorie diet thing where, you know, your three meals a day are about 300 calories each. And then you have two snacks in between that are 150 calories and eating as little to no fat as possible. And just my goal was always to be super skinny. That's just what I wanted because to me, that's what, what everyone else wanted to do. It's what being beautiful was. That's what being accepted was, was being really tiny. So that was always my goal. And, uh, yo-yo dieting does not help you achieve that. And that was a hard lesson to learn. 
I would eat so little for a week or so. And I mean, you can't, you can't live that way for very long. So of course the diet would fail and then I would eat burritos and peanut butter and jelly sandwiches and anything I could get my hands on and feel awful. I felt like a failure and years I just followed that up and down, up and down yo-yo dieting problem until I discovered uh, the Primal Blueprint and Mark's Daily Apple. That's kind of where my my aha moment was. And that's when finally I found a place where dieting made sense. And it wasn't even dieting. It was more of just a lifestyle. And I'm like, oh, why couldn't I have discovered this sooner? And once I really got into the swing of things, that's what really wanted me, what really made me want to write Paleo Girl was to help girls you know, not go through those same struggles that I did, that I really wanted to write the book that I wish I had when I was much younger. That's what I love um, about the book, Leslie, is, uh, you know, as paleo becomes more mainstream and and people are hearing more about it, people like yourself are are really um, taking up the challenge and helping to address certain areas um, or uh, niches within the niche, if you like. And that's what I really Mm -hmm. love about this book and having having a flick through it. The thing that really, I think the one word that really approached me about your book is just it's so approachable like it's yeah. it's laid out really nicely and I can just, you know, I can I can even see myself just, I mean, it's winter here, but being down on the beach and just having a read and it, it's um, it, it's it's really refreshing. Um, I'm I'm always really fascinated about the mindset stuff, and I know certainly going through puberty, um, it's it's tough and it's tough on on in so many different ways. And um, I can see here that you talk about, um, you know, in chapter three, fun in the sun, and and use that noggin and and. Um, I can see a theme throughout with lots of support provided, which I think is so important. And I was wondering, um, from your point of view, what what sort of um, mindset support stuff do you cover in your book? I just really want to set the stage for girls to want to be happy and healthy and to be in that mindset. Because if you look back to what I was saying with yo-yo dieting, that's not where my mindset was. And I was never able to reach my goals having the wrong point of view on everything. So I just really want girls to read this book and walk away from it being positive and loving who they are and approaching health in that type of way instead of, I need to lose weight, I need to be skinny, I need to follow this diet 100% or I'm a failure. I just want it to be a fun book with a fun attitude that helps girls feel like it is something that they can do. And perhaps, Leslie, we should start, I guess, by talking about, you know, why you feel like this is so important. I mean, I think in some ways it's, it's obvious why this is so important, but, but you know, can we, about teenage girls and, and I guess where they're at and what sort of stuff they're going through, what sort of pressures they're under and, and why I think this book in particular is just such an important one in not just the paleosphere but in the health sphere in general. Right. I mean, there's a huge gap. It seems like all the health books are targeted towards adults. And then you can find some some children's books. But for teens, there's just not really a whole lot out there. And that's really when when we should be talking to people, when they're old enough to understand that they're in control of their body and that they need to be healthy. But they're not so far down the road that they've destroyed their metabolisms and they just have years of damage to repair. So that's why I really wanted to target this demographic and help them out. 
Yeah, and um, there's no doubt, Leslie, that you've um, definitely achieved it. I mean, um, I get quite emotional looking at your book. I know I would have given no. my arm, arm and leg, you know, to have this information. And it, it is tough going through um, puberty. And, you know, um, this book literally, like, just steps you through and, and makes you feel like you're okay. And um, right. I guess, like, the kind of the way that I see it, it's almost like you're letter to yourself when you were younger would would you agree <laughs> absolutely and and that's that's how i wrote it because i just i wanted every girl that reads this i want them to feel like i'm literally sitting right there talking to them like you know what yes this is happening and sure it sucks but you know what it's okay and you're not going through this alone everyone's going through it and it'll be fine and and here are some steps you can take to make it less painful <laughs> And, um, no, that's um, such an – you know, it seems so simple. I don't know why people haven't done it before, but I'm certainly <laughs> glad you did. I mean, to give the listeners at home a good idea, um, you, know, you cover even things like you go through, obviously, your diet basics, you've got your exercise, which – you know, at the end of the day, that's pretty readily available. But then you go into things like, you know, how to deal with bullying and mm-hmm. um, you even go into um, your, um, you know, your sanitary practices and what your choices are there and you've got your beauty tips and all sorts of amazing advice. Leslie, what did you learn writing the book? <laughs> I learned a lot. I, <laughs> I actually learned um, a lot more personal stuff than I had planned on. Um, the year that it took me to write and design this book, I learned so much more about myself than I ever expected. You know, I, I knew this would be a, a wild journey going on writing this book. And I just I didn't expect to learn everything about myself that I did because I really grew in this past year. Um, it's it's pretty phenomenal, the changes that that took place. But it, it was just it's such a blessing, really. It was it was a journey, <laughs> to say the least. Leslie, um, one of the one of the things I see around a lot at the moment, and it's uh, it's great that it's getting the spotlight. Um, certainly in the paleo scene, is the importance of um, hormone balance and good good hormone function. Um, can you tell us a little bit about what you talk about uh, about hormones in the book? Yeah, um, that stuff's really important, and I think that people overlook the importance of of just all the different hormones that get released when you're a teenager and, and even going into um, sleep for me, that's, that's such an important thing that people tend to always overlook is how important sleep is. And the, the chemicals that are, that are being released in a teenager are totally different from that of what was being released when you're a kid or when you're an adult. And the circadian rhythm goes through a complete reset. Your melatonin, it just, it starts getting released later and it's, it's important to, you know, in spite of, of this shift and teenagers will, they'll want to stay up later and, and sleep in longer in the mornings because of it. But it is really important to try to focus on getting good quality sleep. And I list some tips in the book about, you know, how to maybe get more relaxed in the evening, taking a bath, um, limiting your exposure to screens like TVs or cell phones, computers, anything that emits light at night because that can mess up your hormones. And people don't even realize that uh, after the sun goes down, you know, our bodies expect for there not to be any light. And when this light emitting from your shiny little iPhone, it, it's, it 
also makes your melatonin stop uh, releasing when it should. And you also start producing cortisol, which is a stress hormone that makes you crave sugar and store body fat. And that's really important to know that that's happening because I don't think a lot of people realize that. And so, Leslie, when you've presented this information to the teen girls, what have you found have been their biggest challenges? Like, what have been, I guess, their their mindset blocks uh, and perhaps their, their physical challenges in terms of taking in this information but also implementing this information? Um, you know, I haven't really had any feedback in the sense that people are struggling with anything or having a hard time with anything. And it seems like the girls that are picking this book up, they're, they're open-minded to it and they're craving this information. So, um, it doesn't really seem like there's, there's any, anything that teen girls struggle with specifically. But, um, I mean, I would just assume from my experience, things like if you're at a party or something and and people are eating bad and, you know, there's always going to be those pressures, but that's something that's going to be around your entire life. So it's good, I think, to start young and and understand those temptations are there and how to deal with them. Yeah, solid advice. That's really good. You can't avoid it, but you can learn how to to cope with it and be your best. Right. That's awesome. Um, I was having a look at some of your um, recipes, which look delicious, by the way. And Uh um, I know that you um, wrote, photographed and designed Paleo Girl, which is an absolutely massive job. So um, (laughs) it's really visually um, pleasing. In regards to the food, though, um, I love that you talk about adapting from being a sugar burner to a fat burner. Can you expand on that for us? Sure. Um, I am assuming that most people reading this book, if they're not already paleo, that they're probably sugar burners. And basically what that means is that for your energy, you your body taps into your sugar storage. And we can only hold so much sugar in our bodies naturally. And those that's in your glucose, mostly in your muscles. So let's say you have lunch and there's sugar in it, your body's going to burn up that sugar. And once it's done, it's going to tap into your storage and it's going to burn through that pretty quickly. And once that's gone, there's no sugar left in your body. And so it's going to signal to your brain, Hey, Hey, I'm hungry. I, I need more sugar. Feed me sugar. So you're going to be hungry a lot. You know, it's, it's really popular now. People are saying, Oh, I'm hangry, you know, hungry and angry. (laughs) And when people say that, I'm like, you poor sugar burner, of course you're hungry. Like you're starving. Um, so that's basically what a sugar burner is. And so on the flip side, a fat burner, um, that's someone who, so they, they eat the same lunch and instead they're focusing more on burning the fat because they're fat adapted So they burn up that fat, and once the fat from their stomach is gone from what they've eaten, then it taps into their fat storage. And there's technically unlimited amounts of fat that we're able to store, unlike glucose, which is limited. So when you're fat adapted, after what you've eaten has been burned off, then it starts tapping into your your stored fat. And that's how people are able to fast sometimes, um, because they're they're not starving. They're they're burning the fat that's there. And that's that's why fasting is a dangerous thing for someone who is a sugar burner because they literally have nothing to burn. So mm-hmm. that's that's why you can feel like crap if you're fasting and you're a sugar burner. But if you're fat adapted, you can fast for a while and be totally fine and you, you don't get hangry over it. You know, you're you're cool. You you're set. You've got your fat and you're you're good to go. Yeah, and um, one of the things uh, I'm really fascinated about, Leslie, is um, 
the advice that you might give for somebody, you know, those people that say, oh, no, I don't really exercise and um, that's not really for me, maybe, maybe not even going to the gym, not moving a whole lot. Um, as, a, as a young person or as a, as a young female, uh, what, are, what are some um, strategies you use yourself to incorporate fitness into play? Well, for starters, I do exactly what I say in my book, and I just listen to my body. If I'm tired or if working out sounds like a chore to me, I won't do it Mm -hmm. because then I'll just end up hating it and and I won't be getting out of it what I want to get out of it. Um, So that's first and foremost, listen to your body. And then when you do what you want to do exercise-wise, it kind of becomes fun. If I feel like going for a hike, then I'm going to go for a hike and have a blast doing it. And, um, you know, I've been getting into lifting heavy things lately and I've been a little more creative with that. I literally, I've been going out into my front yard and lifting up heavy rocks. And (laughs) I know that sounds kind of like, like cheesy and like, I'm trying to make a caveman joke here, but I swear I'm not like my husband and I, we literally, (laughs) we go into the front yard and just pick heavy stuff up and it's really fun. (laughs) I think that's brilliant. (laughs) <laughs> so, you know, that kind of stuff. And um, I I sprint sometimes. Um, I don't do it a ton. I'll do it maybe a couple times a month. But I like to incorporate my dogs into that because they, they are little, but boy, they can run really fast. And so it makes it a lot more exciting for me to run with them if I'm just not really wanting to do it at the time. If it if it's a thing where I'm playing with my dogs, then it doesn't really feel like exercise. So it's a lot more fun. And, and that ties into just playing. Um, I think play is so much fun. And it's so important. And it's such a workout. And people don't even realize that. And, and I say this in my book, that you know, you're doing it right, when you completely lose yourself in it. And that's, mm. that's the best way to play because you are just getting all of the benefits and just fully immersing yourself in it. So Leslie, look, we, I don't think we could talk about teenagers without talking about the peer pressure aspect of making really any lifestyle change when you're a teenager and certainly anything that's a little bit different to the norm. So, yeah. um, you know, what sort of advice do you have for, and there will be some teenagers without a doubt listening to this podcast uh, right. and definitely lots of parents of teenagers. So what sort of advice would you give to them in terms of how they can deal with that peer pressure aspect of it and I guess what they can do to, to overcome that and to still get the benefits they want to get and perhaps, you know, maintain their, their healthy peer group as well? Yeah. I, you know, I just think it's so important to be true to who you are. And if you want to eat a paleo diet, eat paleo diet. If you want to work out a certain way, work out a certain way. It's, it's, I know peer pressure is tough and you feel like you need to fit in with everyone. And if everyone's eating pizza at lunch, you might feel like you need to do that. But, you know, I think it's so important to just have your own goals and your own dreams. And, you know, that's, I want paleo girl to be encouraging that girls can see that. And and that's a huge reason why I had the success stories in the book, because, you know, I could sit here and rattle on and on about what you should eat and why you should eat it and how it'll be good for you. But that real world experience is, is so much more important. I think it really speaks volumes. And for these girls to read this book and see all of these success stories and see girls who are in the exact same place as them and what they eat and how they eat it and, and how it affects their friends and family, I, I think that's invaluable information. Absolutely. And, um, you know, in terms of invaluable information as well, something that really um, stood out in the book for me, Leslie, was when you spoke about um, having, I think you called it a wolf pack. 
Yes, you're welcome. Yeah. Yeah. So what you, for those at home that are wondering, what's that all about? What's a wolf pack and how do we get one in today's society? <laughs> well, we all have one, actually. We've, we have different circles of people. So you guys could totally think of your circles right now. You've got your inner circle. And those are the people that are very close to you, your best friends, someone that you would literally, you would drop all of your plans this weekend to go over to their house to help them recover from surgery, for example. We all have them. So that could be your closest friends, your closest family. That's your inner circle. And then you've got your, you know, your social circle, which you maybe wouldn't drop everything to go do something for them, but you do, you love them and you, you spend time with them. And that's part of your, your social circle. That might be about 25 people. Um, And beyond that, there's just a whole, not a whole lot of people that you can really have quality relationships with in your life because your you your brain can technically really only process so many relationships. And in my book, that's where I start talking about the friends that you have in social means. You know, you you could have thousands and thousands of friends. And I try to help girls understand that, you know, these these relationships that you have online, while they're great, and, and I myself, I have plenty of friends online that I only talk to them online. I've never met them in real life, but I do care about them. Um, but it's important to know that sometimes when you put those, those digital relationships before your personal relationships in your real life, that your real life relationships can suffer. And it's, it's important to know that because the people that we talk to online, we're, we're literally just talking to a computer or a cell phone. And we're missing out on those true, genuine human interactions where, you know, when I sit here, when my husband comes home from work, I I get to see his face. I get to hug him. I get to see the expressions that he makes when I tell a joke or, you know, there's so much more important aspects of a friendship that you miss out on when it's set in a digital world. And Leslie, I think that's a really important point because I think for, for girls who are trying to, to guess make some of these changes and to really focus on their health, then, then their peer group is going to be really important to them. And, mm-hmm. and I guess perhaps if they don't have, you know, friends that they've currently got that are in their peer group that are sort of supporting them in that, then they may go online and try and find some support there as well, which, as right. I said, can be sort of a good thing and a bad thing. But right. you know, what advice do you have for these girls when they're looking for, I guess, some mentors or some peers or a bit of a support group to help them? as they grow through these lifestyle changes, as they sort of try and take on this new lifestyle and make changes to their health, you know, what tips do you have for them around that? Sure. And, and by no means am I saying don't have friends online that that's definitely not what I'm saying because it is important. You know, like you said, if there are girls out there where maybe, maybe the people that they go to school with, they don't understand, but they have a whole community of support online to help them through, you know, discovering their paleo diet and going through puberty or whatever else they're going through. It is really important to have that support team. And um, just because someone's, you meet someone in a digital world, doesn't mean that you can't meet them in the real world. Maybe there are local people, you know, there are tons of groups and stuff online of, of people that are local that have the same interests as you that you can meet and reach out to. And so, you know, I'm not saying that those relationships are bad to have online, but it's just something to think about. Um, I'm looking over your food section and I'm getting, I'm starting to get a little bit hangry. Um, <laughs> no, <Leslie>. sorry. <laughs> <laughs> um, 
I, uh, I'm really fascinated. We're all foodies. Um, and, uh, you know, I spoke about accessibility in your book at the, at the start. And I mean, you just have to look over your, uh, your menu planner and you've got, you've got words jumping out at me here, like waffles, uh, you've got pizza, <laughs> burgers, uh, you know, wraps. Um, it's certainly very accessible for somebody looking to make the transition. I was wondering if you could perhaps just pick out, um, one particular thing that you like to make um, and just paint the picture for it and, and whet our appetites. <laughs> okay. My favorite thing I would have to say in the book is my better than oatmeal recipe. Um, it's something that I just magically invented one day um, because I, I'm a huge fan of pancakes. I love pancakes. And the banana uh, pancake recipe that's in the book is the pancake recipe I always make. I love it. It's so sweet and moist. And so one day I was making banana pancakes and I was just, you know, I didn't really feel like standing there over the stove and like, you know, buttering the skillet and pouring these perfect pancakes over and over and flipping and standing. I just wanted to eat. It sounded really good. I just wanted to eat and, you know, get on with my day. So I dumped the whole thing in the skillet. I'm like, this is crazy. But I don't care. It's going to taste the same. It's just going to look very different. So I dump it all in. And, uh, you know, it just looks like scrambled eggs. And when I started eating it, I was just like, oh, my God. Like, I don't know why changing the shape of it changed <laughs> my perspective about it. But it was just this glorious, sweet amazingness in my mouth. And I'm like, this tastes so much like oatmeal. I need to add more stuff to it. So the <laughs> next day, and maybe, maybe actually it might've been a couple hours later. I don't really remember. Um, <laughs> but I, I made it again. And this time I added some nuts to it, um, while I was cooking it and then topped it with more nuts because nuts are awesome. And, uh, some fruit and, um, some butter and whatever else you would put on your oatmeal. And it was just, it was, it was glorious. It was a unicorn in my mouth, glorious. <laughs> I'm going to quote that. That's going straight up on the Facebook. It was a unicorn in my mouth. <laughs> I just had like, I've got a visual, um, a visual brain, Leslie, and I don't know, this is probably a little bit naughty, but I just had a, a vision of a, a unicorn in my mouth fighting out a rainbow. So I, I totally had the rainbow coming out of my mouth, so I don't know if it was a fart or what it was, but it was definitely a rainbow. This, this officially just got weird. Yeah, yeah, we, we just went there. It you really heard it first. Weird is good. <laughs> um, so speaking of um, magical inventions, um, I know that you also really um, advocate for natural beauty products, which makes me really, really happy. Um, yes. Can you maybe tell us what, what's your favorite one? And, um, yeah, what, how did you or when did you first start using it? Um, okay, so my Favorite one, I'll start there. Um, I would have to say that the coconut oil thing out of the shower is probably one of my favorites. Um, I always do it. And people a lot of times will ask me about using it because, you know, coconut oil will get hard. Mm. Um, so like, well, how do I use that? Well, I just, I have it, I have mine in a small container in the bathroom and I just take it into the shower with me. And the heat from the shower is enough to get it, you know, into a liquid state. So I just always use coconut oil. I love the way it makes me feel. And my dogs love the way that it tastes. When I get out of the shower, they lick it off my legs. Um, <laughs> but um, another one from the book that I really love is um, 
I don't know if you use dry shampoo or anything. Um, I really got into just doing dry shampoo because I used to be one of those people that I would wash my hair every day. And I knew that wasn't good for it. So, um, but you know, you still have to do something about like the gross oiliness that happens because you don't want to look like you didn't shower at all. Um, so I have some, a few different recipes for dry shampoos in my book, but my favorite one that I use is baby powder. And, um, literally I just, I'll make sure I start with clean hands and I dip my hands down into the baby powder and I just kind of rub it into, um, like the roots of my hair, just where it's greasy. And I noticed this. And I'm going to actually share this on my website one day, but you guys will have my little sneak peek to it. Um, one day when I was putting the baby powder on my roots to get them, you know, to not be greasy, some of it like fell onto my forehead. And I always put, uh, like when I get out of the shower, I'll put coconut oil all over. I put it on my face too. So my face was a little shiny. And when I rubbed the baby powder off of my forehead, it had a matte finish. And I'm like, oh my gosh, duh. Why didn't I think about this? So I actually, after I'm done uh, getting my hair not looking greasy, I'll rub it on my face too to get rid of that shine because I don't use like uh, foundation or any of those goopy products. Um, So I just rub some of the baby powder on my face and it's nice and matte and shine free. So that's a really good trick too that I just discovered. I think my mind is just blown about dry shampoo. is Is that new to anyone else? No, it's genius, Steve. It's genius. Right. Not a very good teenage def- girl. Definitely new and to guys, me, Steve. Guys I have no idea totally what you're talking about. <laughs> Bre- Brett's like shampoo. Yeah, shampoo. What? what? <laughs> uh, no, like the the power of dry shampoo should never be underestimated for anyone that you know, know goes to the gym or just anything. <laughs> it's amazing. Absolutely. Well, um, it's time to wrap another um, episode up. So thank you so much to Leslie for taking the time to have some fun with us and um, share your insights and also allowing us to learn from your experience. We've loved having you on the show. Thank you so much for having me. It was fun. We'll have to do it again. (laughs) Absolutely. And um, we certainly got plenty of great information to take away and and think about, and I'm sure that our listeners at home did too. So if you'd like to know more about Leslie, you can follow her on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. And um, a little birdie tells me that she's got plenty in the pipeline. So make sure that you go and check out her website, and we'll post links to our page. But it's leslieclenky.com and um, Paleo Girl is available right now. So it's chock full of awesome from cover to cover. Um, if you know anyone in your life that is a teenage girl, you might be a parent or, um, you know, get the book, wrap your head around it. It really is a must. And um, it's, a, it's a great read for anyone that wants Paleo Basics delivered in an easy, fun and relatable way. You don't have to be a teenage girl. Um, but we hope you enjoyed the show as much as we did. Did, make sure you head over to our website that paleoshow.com to tell us what you think until next week check us out on facebook and instagram share your story and help to grow the paleo tribe worldwide this has been a production of the check us out on facebook and join in the conversation on facebook.com forward slash the wellness couch subscribe to each show on itunes and check us out on twitter the wellness couch streaming wellness into your lives Whilst the Wellness Couch presenter endeavor to provide accurate and helpful information to their listeners, these podcasts cannot take into account individual circumstances and are not intended to be a substitute for health and medical advice from a qualified health professional. You should always seek the advice of a qualified health professional before acting on any of the information provided by any of the Wellness Couch podcasts.